Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. I wear sweaty grey t-shirts. I wear sweaty grey bottom. And now, the USA Network proudly presents the 1996 World Wrestling Federation Raw Bowl. Raw Bowl! Yes, folks, it's finally here. The bowl game of bowl games. The stepdaddy or the mac daddy of them all. The band is playing. The cheerleaders are cheering. Coach Blassie has given his final pep talk. Dandy Doc is walking the lot. Jimbo Jim is waiting to talk. The field has been laid. The Raw Bowl Queen has been crowned. Four teams, eight superstars will battle it out on one field, vying for the trophy. A galaxy of stars has been assembled. Big Daddy Cool, yes, Diesel is here, along with King Mabel. Gold Dust is here. The Nacho Man is here. Who? The Huckster is here. The what? Scheme Gene is here. Well, I got a bone to pick with that guy. Even Billionaire Ted is here. What's he doing here? They're all here for the very first World Wrestling Federation Raw Classic review as the other cultaholic lads move the remote from the shot on the Patreon. I saw you, Jack, didn't you? <laughs> Subtle little minx. We are here via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean as the other lads reel from WrestleMania. I mean, by the time you're hearing this, um, it's it's done. It's yeah. the end. That's it. That's WrestleMania done for a year. What did Woo. you think? Thought it was good, bad, indifferent. I can't believe that thing happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> can't believe that Goldberg cashed in on oh, everyone. On. Sammy, Sammy Guevara and his, his small collection, collection of, of dogs. dogs. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a highlight like for me. Best yeah. part. Um, I will say that I think by this point Goldberg has run out and 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 drilled Seth Rollins with a spear, mm-hmm. and that's the end of that. <laughs> Cody, yeah, who? Actually, quite likely. Cody who? Here he comes, Willie Gold, spearing Seth Rollins, he's old. <laughs> if that happened, great. We'll, we were there first. Um, who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter with that portfolio, Tom Campbell. I am with uh, Mulligan Jemayo, Jack Atkins from coldsholic.com. Jack Atkins, Jack Atkins, hello. Hello. 
Welcome to uh, <laughs> welcome to another week. It's it's a, it's already fraught as we record this. It's a fraught WrestleMania week as we record oh, this. Yeah. Monday morning and we thought, right, WrestleMania Woke week. Woke up this morning feeling fine. WrestleMania week is on my mind. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Oh, yeah. Something tells me I'm into something. Something do me. <laughs> I don't know why that came from. Sorry, you carry on. You woke up this morning. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> feeling <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and we came in, and obviously there was all the Oscar bollocks last night, so it was just battle stations to get some timely content out, really. Yeah, which you've seen by now. Yeah. We're not sorry for. Yeah. Uh, how is everything with you We're away from work? Uh, good, thank you. Yeah? yeah. Anything exciting going on in your world? Uh, well, th- this weekend, I was just like, right. Been paid. Need to be sensible. Got a holiday to save up for. Got another, you know, dalliance with the taxman oh. in July. I've got a wedding coming up. So on Saturday, I bought a bass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I, I love just, you. I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, you said it like you were kind of half asleep as you did it. Like, I oh, just woke up and there was suddenly a bass guitar in the bed next to me. I mean, that's a that's a, a daring way to describe Sean. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing I is... I miss her, she's lovely! The thing is, Sean's a guitarist, and I was just like, oh, she's been doing loads of recording recently, and I thought, oh, I, might get, I might get a bass, yeah. And I wanted one bass, and she was like, yeah, but why don't you get that one? Because, you know, I'm smaller than you, and I want to play it too. Ah. So even though it's my bass, it's it's her bass. So. Ah, so it's, yeah, so what's mine is yours. What's yours is also mine. Too. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. But um, yeah, I got a, a wedding coming up, and uh, I don't own any formal clothes at all. Really? I, spent, I spent the last two years in sweatpants, and I yeah, spent all my money true. on trainers, so I'm just like, oh, shit. So I've got to figure out. you got to go and buy a nice suit. <sighs> Treat yourself. But I'm, I'm loath to buying a suit because I know that I'll wear it twice probably before I put on more weight and have to buy a new suit so mm. I'm trying to figure out like ways around it oh, so basically I'm just going to wear sweatpants and trainers and be like I'm here are you going to the full <laughs> wedding or just the evening full bit? full ah shit full day but it's I'll get around it it's on my more laid back mates so I'm trying to find out the consensus of what's going on could you wear like very dark jeans well I might get myself some nice cotton pants uh, I thought it was in, the, in vogue at the moment because obviously you look at me and you think what a fashion plate yeah. um, I thought it was in vogue at the moment um, people that wear uh, sort of suits with a white shirt and t- trainers well I can fill that yeah you've got plenty of trainers you have yeah um, so I wonder whether there's uh, there's a look there maybe so like a nice so a nice navy blue jacket yeah uh, a white shirt yeah maybe some dark jeans yeah and some trainers. I, I don't want to get away with it. I don't want to upstage the bride, though. <laughs> is that what she's wearing? Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it her wedding in Liverpool? <laughs> <laughs> it is actually her wedding in Liverpool, yeah. Oh. Uh, so that's, that's, that's in the middle of May. So. But aside from that, yeah, all good. I'm just I'm gearing up for WrestleMania week because I am not watching WrestleMania or TakeOver. I'm doing Ring of Honor live on Friday. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Yeah. So Aiden and I, at the end of the year, we were just like, right, let's figure out the pay-per-views going forward. And I usually do the AEW coverage and the big four of TNA. 
Impact. It's not TNA, it's Impact. It's straight trying to. Ah, some, it's, um, well, sometimes I call the WWE the WWF just for a laugh. Yeah. So it's that, really. But uh, we were looking at Ring of, when Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor 15 was announced. I was like, should we cover it? Because it's either going to be a disaster or a success. And we decided to do that. And then Tony Khan went, oh, I bought a Ring of Honor. And I was like, well, that's lovely. <laughs> I, guess, I guess to watch FTR versus the Briscoes slash by the time you're hearing this, I've already watched it. Yes. And it was good slash shite. <laughs> Delete where applicable. Um, so, yeah, just... I can't believe Goldberg turned up and <laughs> speared FTR. Goldberg's your new Ring of Honor pure champion. Oh, my God! <laughs> do it, you cowards! If I was if I was doing 2K22 GM mode and I could do that, I would do that. Imagine Goldberg in a pure rules match. <laughs> That'd be disgusting. A spear is a pure wrestling hold. Yeah, it's purely brilliant. He, he he did that kind of like rolling leg lock thing. Well, it would be like that time that he and William Regal had a match. Yeah, I bet in WCW. <laughs> I'll take you to school. I'll take you to school, Billy Boy. Come on, let's go. Pack your lunchbox. You're going to school. <laughs> Um, yeah, by this point, I think we 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 record we're recording this, so we're you know I you know, don't don't want to keep showing you how the sausage is made, but we are recording this. The that's how uh, we are recording this uh, like on the Monday before WrestleMania, and the part of the reason is because we know that, that this week is going to be a very busy week, mm. as is, and then next week we'll all be very tired. So I said, yeah. look, if we get it done early, we can. Oh, I don't want to say it because Adam's out there. We can bunk off. <laughs> we can bunk off next. Like Bobby Heenan said, work smart. Yeah, not we can yeah, we can yeah. bugger off early next week. You can't hear this guy. Being, being a being a being a bellend, being a prick, being a pub early. <laughs> Love you really. Thank you so much for everything. We'll bunk off next yeah. week. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you? How are you feeling in uh, in anticipation of a, a busy? Week? But how, do you know what? I thought the best thing to do ahead of a really busy week is have a really busy weekend. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like I Tom did, Campbell. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's the Tom Campbell approach where you go, oh, cool, you want to do the, the late show uh, from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Cool, yeah. Oh, you need me for 10 a.m. to do another show the next day. Yeah, that's fine. I'll let you go home. I, li- I It was literally a case of uh, I went home, <laughs> I slept. I went in the spare room because Alex was working the morning show the next day, so I slept in the spare room so I didn't bother him. And then I remember sort of half waking up as I could hear the door going because she's just leaving. And I remember, I'm, I'm nothing if I'm not lovely, in a very sleepy like state, like t shirt, just a bit pants on. I went, wait, wait. <laughs> she's like, what's up? I need to kiss you goodbye because you're leaving. <laughs> and she went, oh, it's okay. Go back to bed. No, I can't kiss goodbye. I didn't make your coffee. I said, well, I'm leaving now. Okay, bye. I'll go. And then I saw her again a bit later on. So I did that all weekend. And then, um, then on Sunday, uh, Alex, uh, Alex and I went to the pub when I finished it too, which was lovely. Um, it was I was meant to do some other interviews and stuff over the weekend, but I just ran out of time. So I just I'm lear- I'm getting better. Getting better. I am getting better. When I realise that I can't shift the fabric of time, yeah, I will go look. Can we reschedule this? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but then Sunday I did have time, and we went to the pub, and it was lovely because we found a lovely little beer garden near us on a roof with a roof terrace, like a pub with a roof terrace. Yes. A pub we don't normally go in, but Alex had heard a rumbling that they have a really nice roof terrace. So I said, let's try it, and we did. And um, I think we said we'll have what we'll have we'll have one on the way home. And I think we had about five, and it was lovely. And we pork pie. <laughs> I was, was going to yeah. ask if you had the uh, if it was a, a pub lunch or then, a liquid lunch. It was a liquid lunch, but then somebody had. Uh, I, I was talking to Alex in the in the beer garden, and I could see that she was like looking off to the side. And I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm boring you, telling you about my brilliant Steve Austin documentary that I'm doing for the podcast. <laughs> sorry, I'm boring you. And she said, No, she said. 
Uh, she said, I'm sorry, give me a second. She went, excuse me, to this bloke sat behind me, this guy in his 20s, who was eating a pork pie. She said, where'd you get that? <laughs> he jumped downstairs. Champion, cheers. I want pork pie now. <laughs> so I go get her some pork pies. So I went downstairs and got, but then I accidentally said, can I get two large pork pies instead of two small ones? So, that, so instead of this little pork pie, she was like a handheld pork pie that you could just num, 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 push into her face. It came out on like a plate, like a big size one Ooh. with a big bottle of spicy chutney. Oh, it's brilliant. Jelly or no jelly on the pork? Jelly. A jelly pork pie? Well jelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ate all of mine because I'm fat fuck. Um, and then Alex ate half of hers and went, I only wanted a small one. All right, I'm your half then. <laughs> so I just, I, I drank five, maybe six pints on Sunday. And then I ate one and a half ma- massive pork pies. So the weekend turned out really well. <laughs> I like the fact that that does sound like Noddy Holder from um, <laughs> Slade at Home. Oh, I had four points, you bitch! I did, I had one and a half pork pies! What's that on your breath there, Noddy? <laughs> He's had a glass. Who left this glass of charger on my nice clean table? <laughs> All right, lads. All right, Ozzy. You're a prick. <laughs> So that, was, so that was the weekend. It turned out exquisite in the end. Busy. Yeah. So I'm a bit sleepy, but it was busy. We had a lovely time. You've got to, obviously not this weekend, because it's for, not this weekend in our timeline because it's WrestleMania coming, but the weekend after. Please promise me you'll you'll. Maybe have... time is a construct of human perception. Um, <laughs> I, 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 now, I have... Um... <laughs> is that the hook me? I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe time is just a construct of human perception. <laughs> it's out of my hands. I'm just a clock. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm sure you'll be fine. Eventually, we all run out of time. <laughs> scrub, scrub, scrub till the water's brown. <laughs> I drop, I drop <laughs> 20 past day. There's fish on my tray. <laughs> I do, I do every so often drop in in news videos. Maybe time is a construct of human perception. And every time it pops people in the comments going, is that a me? I'm scared reference. But yes, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. promise you. So, so this, so the weekend, the, when you're listening to this, the weekend that's coming up, I think I have one radio show to do. Hmm. And I believe Alex is away. I think Alex is visiting family that weekend as well. And she did say, do you want to come with me? And I said, I'm going to be honest. It's the, it'll be post-WrestleMania and it'll be the end of like my 20-odd day run without a day off. So I'm probably just going to stay here. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's fine. That's the both worlds. She said, is it, yeah. pe- it going to be pizza in your underpants? Very likely. She knows that she can go away for as long as she likes. And I, I'll, the only mischief I'll get up to is I might go to the pub. <laughs> I might just sit and eat pizza in my underpants. <laughs> The question is, why are you putting pizza in your underpants when you should be putting it in your mouth? <laughs> oh, it's a weird sex thing I do. Uh, I've seen it. It is <laughs> yeah. weird. Everyone's seen it. <laughs> it's on the internet. Uh, hey, let us talk about uh, what we were getting up to today. Um, <laughs> let's, we're going to talk about wrestling, aren't we? Well, from 1996. Well, oh yeah, this is the first the first episode in 1996. We are here. We, we've we've. Arrived at the doormat of destiny. I don't fucking know what I'm gonna say. Oh, we but, are. Um, this, is, this is the start of a, of an, a really, really amazing year. A really, really, yes. really amazing year. Uh, so I'm really excited to, to, for what we do here. Um, and do you know what? Little spoiler ahead. And and I, and you don't have to tell me if you agree or disagree yet, right? I thought because I was ready to like fucking roast this episode of Raw. I was thoroughly entertained. What do you reckon? 
It's it's definitely an episode of two halves, isn't it? Oh wow. Okay. So we're gonna talk about the first episode of Raw from nineteen ninety-six. Still very much the new generation. Uh, very much so the new generation, which we'll touch on in a little bit. Mm. Uh, but this is the part where we'll take a little look at what's happening in the real world uh, of the re- of away from the, the, the wilds of the wrestling. Yes. In terms of what's happening this week. So January the 1st, 1996. What a good fucking year. What a year, yeah. eh? Um, not a lot happening in the world because it is, of course, New Year's Day. <laughs> yeah. No one's doing anything. What did you get for Christmas, Tom? Oh, 1996 for Christmas. Would I have got... Would that be the year I got Parappa the Rapper? Oh! On the PlayStation. Bit of what? Chop Chop Master Onion on I Christmas might, Day. I might be wrong. It might have been Parappa the Rapper. What day did that... What year did that come out? No, that came, sorry. That came out in December of 96. So I wonder whether this was the Christmas where I got Sonic 3D Ooh. for the Mega Drive. It very well might have been, yes, because I think it came out on the Mega Drive in 95. Oh, no, it came out in November. Oh, 96. Oh, I don't know what I got for Christmas then. What did I get for Christmas in this year in 95? I don't know. What did you get? Can you remember? Is it Karate Fighters or not? It was Karate Fighters. No, I don't know. No. I've just I worked out that I've, I would have not long turned seven, but I have no I have no clue. Action? No. Action Man? When was the Action Man? No, it was like 93, wasn't it? The Action Man. Action launched. Man, the greatest hero of them all. I had a big Action Man year one year, but that may have been the year before. This year's probably Power Rangers, maybe. Maybe a Power Rangers one. Did I get, did I get Megazord? I've got Megazord. Wow. I don't know. That's quite exciting. Mm, I don't know. I'll have to go in the Mime Palace later. And just... <laughs> Was it the year? I mean, if you got Power Rangers, no, that would come out in 94. I wouldn't have waited a year for Sonic and Knuckles. I thought it might be the year I got Sonic and Knuckles, but I think that was... I wouldn't have waited a year. You'd have been there. I would not have waited a year. Power price, 10 minutes there. You'd be like, <laughs> open your bastard. <laughs> yeah. I, think, no, I think at that point, I don't think I was old enough to have other than my own pocket money. So that might have been a birthday or a Christmas present. Mm. In 94, when I would have been 12? No, 94, I would have been 10. 10? Yes, because WrestleMania 10 was that year. So. Uh, I was just, just reminiscent about pocket money. And when I used to go around to uh, see my nan on a Saturday with my dad, she'd give me a pound coin. And the Sega comic. And I assume you must <gasps> You mean Sonic the comic? Sonic the comic. Oh, my God. With the, my favorite in it was the Shinobi um, Oh, you're the you're well. the one guy that liked the Shinobi comic. Yeah, I liked it. I, wow. I, never, played, I never played the game, though. <laughs> but I was just like, cool, ninjas. And I'm... Eight, six years old, whatever. That's amazing. But yeah. No, I, I avidly collected Sonic the comic. Yeah, we did a whole episode for. The, I did a little documentary on the history of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's mm. on. The, it's you. It's it's a little non cultaholic project. So I don't like to shout about it too much in work hours. But um, if you search a history of Sonic the Hedgehog, it's a four part documentary that I made, um, which features interviews with some of the writers of Sonic the comic, Ooh. and uh, also I had a chat with. His name keeps falling out of my head. Um, a voice actor from the cartoon series. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm just going to find his name because it's it's a really famous name and it keeps dropping out of my brain. For some reason, go ahead. Uh, Jim Cummings. Very nice. I was going to say, the only name rattling around my head then was just Robert Mugabe, Robert Mugabe, <laughs> Robert Mugabe. Don't say Robert Mugabe. It was Robert Mugabe. Robert Mugabe. What was he like? <laughs> so it was a five-part series like about the games, the uh, the, the TV series, yeah. the, ca- the cartoons, the comic books, uh, the fandom as well. So I got to chat to the guys who make Sonic the Comic, the podcast. They are ace. Oh. They do, they do like week by week, like we are with the classic yeah. Raw review, but with Sonic the Comic. If, you, if, you, if that was your era, look up Sonic the Comic, the podcast. David and Chris are great. What other strips was it? Was Alex Alex Kidd in it? Or? There was a Kid Chameleon script, yeah. strip for a little while. 
there was there was a Sonic one at the start. There was another. There was maybe a Tails and a Knuckles one. Uh, there was a Streets of Rage one. Yeah. Decap Attack. Oh, I don't know. Rocket Knight Adventures. They did one of Rocket Knight Adventures. They did Wonder Boy. They did. Um, they did one based on Captain Sega, who was the uh, the the kind of the, the fez head, fez the fez wearing man and the skull from the from the TV commercials. Oh, and they did a series based on them. Yeah, on like the Sega Channel, um, which was cool. What other ones were there? <clears throat> I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm you know not putting any respect on the name of some very <laughs> obvious ones, but. Yeah, because my head's just saying Sonic and Shinobi. Yeah, Shinobi I, was in there a lot. I, I didn't realize that the Shinobi comic was. Not liked. I think it might just be. I think I'm just being unnecessarily cruel. I just. <laughs> I always because I was a Sonic boy. I read the Sonic one and I just kind of half-heartedly looked through the others. But I was there for Sonic. <laughs> I was there for Sonic. But no, I did. A, I did a whole thing and I and I got to interview Jim Cummings because he voiced Doctor Robotnik in oh, one of the nice. Sonic cartoons. So it's like it's bloody Winnie the Pooh also yeah. voicing Doctor Robotnik. So like, <laughs> what a great guy to chat to. That's how I spent my lockdown. I yeah. made. A, I made a. You know, because as as you know. I don't like not working, so I thought, I'll, yeah. I'll make a five-hour documentary on Sonic the Hedgehog in my downtime. <laughs> yeah, fair as fair can be, really. <laughs> this is what I do. Uh, so, um, to answer your question in a very random house way, I don't know what I got for Christmas. Yeah. But I know that Raw is giving us some very wonderful late Christmas presents as the year goes on. I mean, yeah. I mean, this preamble, usually, um, we're both kind of looking at each other thinking, oh, should we get back on track? Mm. But I can tell you some of the, the mu- moving and the shaking from the music and the film world. I would do it, because this episode of Raw is it's, it's quite waffer. <laughs> Wathavin. <laughs> uh, number one in the mo- number one movie in the UK is Seven. What's in the box? <laughs> John Doe's there, boy. <laughs> it's the head of your wife. <laughs> oh, shut up! Statue of Limitations spoilers. This came out in '96. Yeah, Seven did. Um, um, no. <laughs> seven was grim. It's a good film. Great film, but grim. Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, and the killer who shall remain nameless if you've not seen it because it is a really good, very very good yeah. film. Uh, in the US, number one movie is Twelve Monkeys. Which is the Terry Gilliam movie. Also, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt again. Brad Pitt ruling on both sides of the Atlantic. Um, This became, Todd Monkey's uh, grossed $11.7 million in its opening weekend, beating Good Morning Vietnam as the number one grossing movie in January in history. Up till this point. Other movies will come along and beat it. Number one song in the UK is Michael Jackson, Earth Song. Still. Uh, Still clinging on to those two bits of water. Still hanging in there. Uh, number one song in the US is Mariah Carey's One Sweet Day. I mean, <laughs> no change there. Maz Kerr's hanging on in there. Uh, now, in terms of like world news, again, it's New Year's Day, so it's not a lot really happening in this particular week, first week of the year. Uh, I can tell you that on this on the same day as the Raw Bowl, there was the 62nd Orange Bowl, Florida State beats Notre Dame, and the 82nd Rose Bowl, Southern California beat Northwestern. When you said 62nd, I thought you meant a match that was 60 <laughs> seconds long. I was like, I'll get it done work. quick. Get it done quick. And then my head, just slowly in my head, if you're on Patreon, you probably saw the cogs turn there as well. <laughs> oh, 62. If I was an editing man, I would put though that thing they do where they have like the, the maths numbers appear <laughs> around your head as it zooms in. That would be a lovely thing to do, but I'm not clever enough. So I won't. Don't put yourself down. I'm not clever. I could do a little bit of video, but not very much. There's better people. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, let's go to you. What's happening in the wrestling world first, for the first day, for New Year's Day, 1996? Again, Waffa. Waffa thing. Waffa. Uh, although, saying that though, Ravy Dave did get two observers out this week, so I've gone with the January 2nd edition, thinking that will save the 
January 6th edition mm-hmm. for the next episode. The main thing that I've got, there's some stuff about the Rumble, but we'll come to that later. Mm-hmm. The main thing is Dave did his predictions for what would happen to each federation in 1996. Mm. Um, so he did. Oh, it's be interesting then, because 96 is a really pivotal year. Oh, fucking Let, right, Let's yeah. see if if um, if Dave's crystal balls are, are clean enough. But uh, it's he says predictions. It's more kind of, it's a Dave Meltzer prediction, so it's nothing concrete. He's just saying, well, if they do this, this should happen. So basically for ECW saying, they're getting big, they need pay-per-view. All Japan... They're really good, but lads are dropping each other on the head, so they need to change it up, etc. WCW, they have cash. But for WWF, he's put, this company faces a lot of question marks going into 1996. The WWF was the preeminent company in the world for several years. The signs, declining buy rates, declining ratings, declining amount of house shows. They certainly don't look positive. At this point, it appears 1996 will be built around Shawn Michaels. If nothing else, Michaels is the best all-around performer that regularly works in the United States. He's got it all, ability, interviews, charisma. The company has had a problem when it comes to the heel side for quite a while, and if anything, the problem has gotten worse. But a bigger problem than that is Vince McMahon has lost his Midas touch. In the 1980s, he took some people who had minimal talent and even minimal charisma and marketed them in a manner to which they became major stars. Over the past five years, for every success McMahon has had in creating a new character, he's had five failures. Before, mm. the common theme was McMahon would take wrestlers that meant nothing elsewhere and turn them into the legitimate stars. He did it in 1995 with Kevin Nash, but didn't with any others. Now, the WWF has taken wrestlers who are strong, viable stars elsewhere and gimmicked them to where they mean little when it comes to the box office when the national spotlight shines on them. And then he, he goes on saying, we've had recently this, it's come up in the news about potential witness tampering with the steroid trial. So he says, if that comes to anything, if it's linked to Titan Sports, then Vince is fucked. <laughs> it says, in many ways, it was almost remarkable how well he appealed to handle the 1993 slash 94 ordeal. But at the age of 49 or 50, depending upon which birthday one chooses to believe, that fight took a lot out of Vince McMahon. He's already got a major fight in wrestling, one that inevitably the odds are against him because he's trying to use brains to combat money. And in wrestling, brains usually win out in the short run, but in the long run, money is hard to beat. McMahon's acknowledgement in a recent interview that he would consider moving Raw to another night to avoid the competition shows that he recognizes this himself. He should know the realities of this better than anyone. It's... The same story that knocked off his adversaries in the 1980s, although during that period, he had the advantage in the brain side as well. This time, on the money side, the shoe is on the other foot. Mm. So it's nothing really concrete from Dave there, but he's basically saying, look, WCW are breathing down their necks. McMahon's got to use brains, but also make money quick, basically. Yeah, he's got he's to work much faster than he ever has yeah. in terms of making stars. And he kind of, like some of the stuff that was said there and... and kind of does explain like how they are so keen to to create talent very quickly even though they may not seem to be ready yeah that's where you hear that sort of desperation in vince's voice when they talk about how great these talents are how great this superstar is oh my god savio vega the caribbean legend like he because he's trying to get from a to b like is in a, in a million miles an hour yes well i mean um... so he hasn't got time to put in those little subtle uh 
notes and tones to kind of gradually build somebody. He's just got to get them organically over dead quick. I mean, look how quickly they've gone from no to 100 of Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. It was just one week. It was like, oh, Ahmed Johnson's covered. And then next week, he's like, look at him. He's fucking launching Yokozuna. <laughs> and the week after that, he's saying he loves his mum. And it's... <laughs> it's... He's launching Yokozuna. The next week, he's saying he loves his mum. So, I mean, they're the classics to get any key yeah, talent over. It is. Slam a big lad. Say you love your mum. Win titles. Yeah. It. yeah. It's the it's the three-pronged approach by Vince McMahon. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. But yeah. I, in terms of actual news, there's, you know, there's a TV tapings for superstars on December 19th, which we mentioned last week in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yes. The main thing was John Hawk got a tryout with Uncle Zeb slash Dutch Mantel as manager, and he put over Savio Vega. Hawk got good heel heat for a guy who has never appeared on television. And who would John Hawk be? The notorious Bellend Bradshaw. <laughs> 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 Random cow in there. Yeah, so it, 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 <laughs> I think Larry at Throwing John's. Coming. I wonder when they would decide that Justin is a better name than John. I went on Cage Match. So in the WWF, he has this dark match. He has another John ma- uh, dark match as John Hawk, and then he's Justin Bradshaw from then on. He's Justin Hawk Bradshaw. <laughs> the Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even fly. Yeah. But do you know what? Like, I as a low carder, like it took him a while to really. Get the motor running. But mm. I don't mind Justin Hawk Bradshaw with Uncle Zebekiah as a thing. I don't mind it either. That's great. Like, you know, just just a, just a rough bastard. I feel like Vince, like, Vince, for the moment he saw John Layfield, he was like, yeah, that's the star. But it just took him many years before he finally pulled the uh, the trigger and made him WWE champion. Uh, do you think if the Attitude Era, not that it wouldn't have happened, because if it wouldn't have happened, they would have went out of business. But if they didn't... Go white hot. Do you think he may have pulled the trigger on him sooner? I wonder. I wonder if, if it hadn't gone the, the way they did. Maybe he would have given just Justin Bradshaw an earlier push. Yeah. Maybe put him up with Shawn Michaels. See what magic they could make. Two yeah. Texas boys. Have I don't know what. In '96, I wouldn't mind that being a thing anyway. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm giving too much credit to Justin Hawk Bradshaw. We seen when we see him pop up on Raw, we'll uh, we'll decipher it. But because it was one of those when I'd stopped watching. I remember like being like, oh, what's going on in wrestling? I was like, Eddie Guerrero's champion. I was like, oh, okay. Bradshaw's champion? <laughs> Why Bradshaw champion? <laughs> I was, do you know what? Even folk who hadn't dipped out of it and had been watching consistently <laughs> even went, why is Bradshaw champion? <laughs> and then I've gone back and looked at it and it did seem to be, it was like, oh, one week he's in the APA and the next week he's like, oh, I'm rich, fuck off, Farouk. I was like, okay. Is that, I mean, I mean, it's funny that we that you talked about that bit there where you said like, Vince has got to work quick to make stars. Oh yeah. Because that very much felt like there's a brand split, I'm on my own. I'm rich. Fuck off, Farouk. I'm the champion. Yeah. Like it was within, like he was, he main evented, uh, he was in the title match. He was, in, he was in WWE title match like three weeks after he became Justin Hawk Bradshaw. So uh, John Bradshaw Layfield. Yeah. And then the following month he was the WWE champion. Madness. It was, that was a speedy rise. That was. Talk to someone. What a, ba- what a, what a bag oh. of uh, inconsistency I am to go. Yeah. I quite like Justin Hawk Bradshaw and Shawn Michaels have a little dust up. And then I'm going, they fucking made Bradshaw champion. <laughs> he put my man four. It's a good match they have. Uh, the the Four Corners uh, bull rope match. Is that the one where Eddie pisses blood? Yeah, he does. He breaks the mood of scale. There's a lot of blood in that match. Yeah. 
But it was, yeah. And very and I was genuinely gobsmacked to, to see JBL win it. It was a bit of a it was a bit of a shonky win, which I think damaged JBL. It was right. a bit of a shonky win because it was just like, oh, Eddie oh, Bradshaw touched the fourth buckle before Eddie because he fell back into it. It was a bit dusty finish-esque, which I think damaged him. I think that if you're gonna put JBL over, put JBL over. Like have him just fucking Larry at the shit out of Eddie. Yeah. And just and do it that way. Like if you're gonna do it, do, do it. Do it. Yeah. You know. Whether you like it or not, do it. I was going to say, talk do about it. people who don't do it for WWF. At the same do set it. of tapings, Sid and 123 Kid beat Aldo Montoya and Avatar in a short squash. <laughs> one bad, Bye, lads. One bad match, and they've already buried Avatar underground. Oh, bless. And it wasn't a great match, but it was a yeah. great gimmick. Yeah. Gutted for, uh, for Al, for Alan Sarvan. Yeah. Can't get a break. Hopefully, he'll find something that sticks in weeks to come. Well, we'll, we'll have to see. Oh. Talking about people who can't get a break, there's been talk of Sonny doing an angle where her 91-year-old husband passes away and leaves her with a lot of money and she buys a major heel. Oh, sort of like an Anna Nicole Smith type deal. Basically, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like that as a thing. And the last little bit, on the In Your House pre-game show, they had Jim Ross in overalls in the hog pen. They also called one of the pigs Terry, as in Hulk Hogan's real name. So that's going... No! Yeah. But they then- could have... <laughs> Yeah, wrestling. But everything else we covered last week, like oh, bollocks. Bu- Buddy Landell's poor oh, trip on the ice. I had to dip ahead for that because yeah. I was just like, poor, poor Buddy Landell. Yeah, Vince, Vince on AOL. This all happened this week. Well, um, so that's it. Should we? Uh, yeah. Through? Do you know what? Let's. Uh, hey, we warned you'd be wafer thin. I hope. Uh, you know what? You you're probably really tired after WrestleMania. So you, you, here's a, an hour long episode as opposed to like the two hours. I mean, we'll see how we go. Yeah. It might descend. It might descend. So this week, it's the first day of 1996. It's a new day. Yes, Yes, it it is. is. It's the first Monday Night Raw of 1996. The moment that you start watching this episode on the network, and then if something happens, you have to dip out and come back in again. What the network does, it will show you uh, a a thumbnail of the next episode of Raw, in case you want to spin on the head. The next episode of Raw has Stone Cold Steve Austin in the thumbnail as the the ringmaster. So we are off to the races with this one. (laughs) He's not here this week, though. Um, One bit from the news I forgot to mention. I'm going to chuck it in now. Chuck it. So last week, talking of the ringmaster, Ted DiBiase did that whole thing going, it's going to be a great year for the Million Dollar Corporation. Now we've got Santa Claus on our books uh, from The Observer. Santa Claus has already been fired because <laughs> he was told, because John Rickler was told the gimmick wasn't working. No shit. A Christmas gimmick doesn't work outside of December. God, I was looking forward to him fighting fucking Jesus at Easter. I don't know. <laughs> uh, despite that, he worked the NWA show on the 29th of December, throwing out presents to the fans like chocolate with cigarette butts in it, <laughs> a Barbie with a penis on it, <laughs> and other tasteless and tacky miscellaneous. See, that sounds more like Balls Mahoney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no Santa Claus, but it's fine. Because we have the Raw Bowl! Oy, the, f- the first ever. The first ever. I'm sure this is a, tr- is a tradition that carries on to this day, I'm mm. sure of it. Yep. The Raw Bowl is hyped. The Raw Bowl hype is very, very real. There are fans outside the arena chanting, Raw Bowl, Raw, Raw bowl. bowl. Little kid goes, Raw, Raw bowl. bowl! An old man goes, Raw, Raw Bowl! Uh, Robert Mugabe goes, Raw, Raw Bowl! bowl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Vince McMahon on commentary refers to it as the Bowl game of bowl games, the stepdaddy of the Mac daddy of them all. <laughs> okay. 
It's just layers of hyperbole, isn't it? It's just, <laughs> it really is. They, okay, this week, they are so deep in football, law, and parlance that you might drown because, like, every single word that is uttered on this show is is considered for, like, football references. Yeah. Like, every little thing. And as someone who doesn't like the NFL and especially wasn't watching NFL in 1995-6... Yeah, it's... um PFFFF. I mean, again, it comes to the idea of, like... You know, if you're going to do it, go all in, go all in, go all in on it. Um, And they absolutely go all in on it because we have cheerleaders. We have uh, we have a band. We have Coach Blassie in a little video beforehand. We have Dandy Doc, which is Doc Hendricks now footballing moniker. Jumbo Jim. (laughs) Harsh. And um, then we have other. All the stars are here tonight, like like Diesel. King Mabel, the Nacho Man, cut to old man dressed like Randy Savage. Jerry Lawler going, who? The Huckster, who? Cut to old man dressed like Hulk Hogan. Scheme Gene, cut to old man dressed like older man Gene Oakland. And Billionaire Ted, who I thought was Todd Grisham. (laughs) I don't think it is. Um, oh, and then I just begins, put in my notes, yeah. oh, God, this is the start of the WWF kicking back. Um, for the past few weeks, which we'll talk about as we catch up on Nitro, on the classic Nitro review, uh, Bischoff's just been a right cunt. Um, <laughs> he's been giving away the results of Raw, like, minutes into episodes of Nitro. He's just been just digging every... Like, already, at the start of Nitro, he's already gone, oh, by the way, here's who wins the the stupid bloody Raw Bowl, the toilet bowl that they've got going on over there. He's an arse. So they're... <laughs> and so WWF have always risen above it until now, where they've yeah. just gone, nah, they're getting... We're gonna... We'll show them in our own special way. <laughs> And uh, it's again the the things that I love about doing this podcast are the parallels of modern day when fans are just like, hate it when AEW bring up WWE, obsessed. God, don't stoop to their level. It's like wrestling companies have always done this. Do you remember his famous jobber, Randy Hogan? (laughs) I do remember. Yeah. And then they fucking signed Hulk Hogan afterwards anyway. It's tit for tat. It's, it'll always be like that. It will always be a little bit of tit and a little bit of tat. <laughs> a little bit of tit. <laughs> and who doesn't like a little bit of tit? Um, <laughs> uh, now, I have to admire. Okay, I know we were. Well, you were probably really excited that we were going to sit here and just... And we will laugh a bit at the Raw Bowl. Yeah. There's a big part of my soul that that is delighted with how in on this they go. Like, they really go for it. I mean, it's... From the presentation point of view. It, it it makes... Yeah, I've got here. It's a good opening. It feels big. It feels different. It mm. almost feels important. You're coming into the show, even though it's taped, it's not live, but like I said, the band's going off and Vince McMahon's going, ah! there's a green mat, so it looks like you're watching a Noah House show. <laughs> it's like... It's, yeah, there's... Yeah, so we've got the yeah, the green mat, so, it's like, so it looks like a football field or a Noah House show. It depends what they were going for. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerleaders walk yeah. up the rampway, full brass band in the crowd. It does look good. It and they're playing good. all the, the, the fight songs and stuff. And and uh, and we open straight in with the match in question, with the Raw Bowl. So uh, we explained it a few weeks ago, but what is the Raw Bowl? So the Raw Bowl is uh, four teams of two. 
Uh, they all come out dressed in sort of American football regalia. Yeah. Uh, the refs are dressed like Super Bowl refs. And uh, it's a four-way t- elimination tag, essentially. Each team is allowed a timeout. So when they feel like it's all getting a bit too heavy and the going gets too tough, then they can call a timeout and the referee stops the match while they do that. Uh, This gimmick played to uh, interesting effect uh, in this match, which we will get to. Uh, It is in the the four teams in question. It's the Smoking Guns, the reigning WWF Tag Team Champions. The The belts aren't on the line in this match. Versus Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Versus Savio Vega and Razor Ramon. Versus The Kid and The Sid. Uh, from Million Dollar Corporation, uh, did, now lacking Santa Claus. Did you make note of, because all teams wore colour-coded gimmick jerseys, did you note the numbers? I didn't, but I can briefly tell by your notes that you did! God bless Jackkins and the ship he sailed in on from Liverpool. The, the, the ferry across the Mersey, that's ah, what it was. Ah, the ferry across the Mersey. <laughs> Just say something about Noddy Older. It's fine. Noddy. There you go. Fair, fair. <laughs> so, Even now. So the, uh, Get my uncle's name out of your fucking mouth! <laughs> so the uh, <laughs> the weird on paper and even weirder in real life team of Razor Ramon and Savio Vega, they're wearing nice yellow football yeah. jerseys. Razor is number four because it's his fourth intercontinental title reign. And he even does the uh, NWO4. He's doing that on the way to the ring. Ramon joining the horseman, confirmed. Uh, Savio's just got the word Uno written on him because he, he's a big fan of <laughs> the, the likes, card game. He <laughs> likes the card game. Pick up 10 if you've never won a belt. <laughs> oh. Owen and Yoko are in red. Mm-hmm. Owen's got a number one because in his mind, he's the best of the best. Owen oh, looks pissed off. Yeah. His hair looks nice, though, but he does—he looks like he's just like this fucking beneath. Yeah, me. he really is not a happy boy with it. Uh, Yoko and Ad, 641, because I assume that was his build weight at the time. <laughs> Sid and the kid are in black because they're baddies. I thought Sid looked kind of cool. They're wrongins, yeah. He's got double zero. Kid's got one, two, three. I like that. And the smoking guns are in white. Billy Gunn actually kind of looks like badass Billy Gunn because he's wearing like the crop, like everything yeah! UH Outlaws. Yeah, there's a little, little future echo there. Yeah, so Billy's... 38 and Bart's 45, which are calibers of handgun. Well, fuck a doodle do. Yeah. That's some good so, journalism there. So, like you were saying, yeah, the presentation, they've gone fucking all in on the they've bollocks. They've gone They're for it. They're through that paper stuff. It's like, yeah. Yeah, so Billy Gunn and Bart Gunn burst through yeah. the raw logo, the paper raw logo to get started, which I thought looked great. Send them crashing through, it looked brilliant. And then Yoko and Ono. Yoko and Ono? <laughs> Bed piece coming out afterwards. Um, as Yokozuna and Owen Hart are making their entrances, we cut to backstage where Brother Love is banging on about love in an empty locker room. Fuck off. This is weird. <laughs> I don't get it. It's, he's banging on about love, like, but Vince and Jerry Lawler talk over him the entire time. So just picture and picture, and you can't hear what he's saying, but he's just spouting some shite. Yeah. Was, was the in like uh, kind of hinting at the fact that he's meant to be given like a pre-match sermon to the locker room and hasn't noticed that they've all come out for the match. I can I I assume that's what they meant. It's it's I guess to them it was funny. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's been it would have been funny if they'd had him doing the sermon and then they cut to an empty locker room. Yes. That would have been funny. But I don't know, maybe in their head it was funnier the way they did it. Um, Razor and Savio come out. Razor is presented with gold roses by an usher and Ramon promptly clatters him. Poor sod. <laughs> Batters him. Gold dust blows kisses from the entrance. Um, little bit from The Observer that I picked up about Razor mm. for this bit. Razor Ramon is complaining long and loud about his program with gold dust. Baby faces in the click 
hate the gimmick and unfortunately have taken it out on Dustin Rhodes, the person, rather than accepting him as someone saddled with a bad gimmick who is just trying to do his job. Granted, the angle's really lame. Ramon is trying to get the program switched to working with Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm. So Ramon wants out of the gold dust thing. But again, you know, the ball's on the click. They're just like, oh, we'll start on Dustin Rhodes, who'd <clears throat> handily batter <clears throat> any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but they are, yeah, they bloody, they bloody, they bloody would as well. Yeah. But they, but they are, it's funny how they're, they, according to Dave, like they're just seeing this on face value going, oh, I don't want to work with gold. But then there's like, this Dustin, like absolutely giving a gimmick socks. Yeah. Like, how are you not aware of that? Like, I don't know, but anyway. Mm. We did wonder what Ramon's real feelings were on it. He said all the right things last week. Yeah, but you hinted <coughs> at the fact that he was not a happy Not bunny. a happy camper, no. is true. Uh, so that is our Raw Bowl. These are our eight men for the Raw Bowl. Um, Billy and Bart. Now, now th- in this match, there is the, the deep, logical mess that comes from a four-way tag. In the sense that anyone can tag anyone. Yes. And so WWF love to do this bit, and they, they've done it in quite a few Fatal 4-Way tags, whereby... Oh, sorry, 4-Way tags. Fatal 4-Way was just one pin. 4-Way tags, whereby both of the same team get tagged in. And they're like, oh, we have to wrestle now. We'd best start wrestling. And they wrestle each other for a little bit before then going, actually, we can we can tag out. And the Billy and Bart did this. They had themselves a little exchange, like a little grapple round and round, back and forth, like like arm drag flip and balance. They didn't hurt each other. Did we chain wrestling? They were doing a bit of chain wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And then they stopped and then went, tag Owen, tag Yoko. You get in here. Yeah, because they said on commentary that the rule was you can tag anyone, but before tagging back out, there has to be physical contact. Mm. So, because uh, when they said that, I was like, oh, well, if Bart and Billy start punching each other in the face, then they're stupid. But like you said, they got out of it by doing some chain, do rest. Some chain rest. And then yeah. we were just like, we've done our bit. Yoko and Owen, fucking good luck, lads. So, yeah. So with that in mind, and Yoko and Owen seeing how Billy and Bart worked the system, why Owen and Yoko just started wrestling is a surprise to me. Yeah. Yoko flattens Owen Hart with a shoulder tackle. Yeah. Like, that's your guy. Like, why Why not just do that? Do some chain wrestling with Yoko. Dissension in the ranks in Camp Corner. Oh, oh well, funny. That, that might be how we end up leaning into 20, in 1996. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so uh, we have a fun exchange after that. Before with Savio Vega and the one, two, three kid, I think yeah. they mesh quite well together. Yeah, yeah, they're really nicely. Yeah, and then we see Razor Ramon and Owen Hart, and they always have good chemistry together. They're working in there as well. Whilst that's happening, Jerry Lawler is is flirting with uh, Ashley, Miss Raw Bowl. Yeah, um, <laughs> just just law, like what we all like. We, Lawler's such a pervert, yet we all, he leans into it constantly. <laughs> Did you notice? That- Vince made a quip about legal procedures. Yes, yeah, so the quote was, he warned Lawler to watch his legal procedure. I'm going to assume, in the context of the the American football heavy night, legal procedures is something to do with football. Yes, let's hope that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he was saying, watch out, you dirty diddler. I don't think he was saying <laughs> that. I think, in, and not in the cultaholic sense of the word. Um <laughs> I I, uh, I think it, I think it was a play on football terminology. Yeah, in that particular, and there's because there's a few times where he brings up uh, football terminology with him. It was it was the bit where Jerry was watching the action in the ring with binoculars and just turns and just starts piking on this woman's tits. <laughs> yeah, and it's like Jesus, Jerry, mate. What's your gimmick, Lola? Well, I'm a pervert. Yeah, I know, but what's your gimmick, Lola? Oh, pervert and a crown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm a pervert wearing a crown. 
Um, <laughs> do you know what? We're, we're giving him a dig. I've got to give him this line. Uh, Jerry Lawler, as Savio Vega gets tagged back in, he says, Savio learned about football from Penn State. Sorry, State Penn. That's a really good yeah. line. That's, that is a belter of a line, that is. And then at which point he once again picks up his binoculars and starts gawking at the chebs on, on <laughs> Ms. Raw Bowl. <laughs> um, Bart Gunn, shockingly suplexing Psycho Sid. I, remember, I was sitting there watching, I was going, oh, he's got him up. Oh, he's got him up. Oh, he's got mm. him up. Fucking yes, Bart. The best Bart Gunn moment. In his career. Yeah. We'll see you again in 1998. Oh, and then Bart. again at WrestleMania 15. Oh, Bart. How dare you be good, Bart? Yeah. Uh, Owen hits an Inziguri, and they, they put over the fact that the Inziguri is the move that took out Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, well, according to Owen Hart, it is. So they're keeping Shawn Michaels in mind on the first Raw of 1996. Even though he's not there, he does come up in conversation quite a bit. Uh, back to Brother Love, who's just ranting about love. Weird. Oh, tit. Kid goes for a high rope Bronco Buster. Uh, one, two, three. Kid ends up getting hung on the top rope when he misses. Uh, shortly after that, we get the big showdown between Razor Ramon and the one, two, three. Kid. The crowd are up for this. Yeah, because it's Kid and Ra- Kid and Ramon finally. Ramon finally gets scrawny little his handle, scrawny little face of the kid and just battering him. Uh, as Ramon goes for a Razor's Edge, Kid calls a timeout. So as you remember, the Raw Ball rules: any team can call a timeout once in a match. Yes. So as he's getting set up for a razor's edge, kid calls timeout, or their team calls timeout. Uh, Ted DiBiase jumps onto the apron to go, hey, we're calling timeout. Uh, Ramon ignores this completely. Yeah, and Earl Hebner is mic'd up live saying timeout. Razor Ramon hits the razor's edge, goes for the pin, yeah. I'm just like, how fucking thick are you? He's got air there, shutting down a microphone. Time out, mate. You can't wrestle. What are you doing? And then Razor's like, well, you can't me pin. It's like, well, listen, you cloth head bastard. <laughs> I, I get hit in the Razor's edge because you're like, oh, just fucking bang. All right. And then if he'd gone bang, Razor's edge, okay, time out. And then after the cool. Yeah. They went to pin him. Like, fuck. I wonder whether a lot of it is just muscle memory for wrestlers sometimes because you do it so much. You yeah. just instinctly just go, and then pin. Like people going for pins in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, like it's it's like I like the way in the morning when you're quite sleepy you'll instinctively go to certain cupboards. Yeah. But then if you if if for whatever reason your brain is slightly off, you find yourself putting tomato ketchup in your mug and you're like, oh no, <laughs> a dear dear dear. I put my keys in the fridge the other morning. Nice. It's been quite warm, so that was <laughs> always just a just nice a, cool treat for your door. Getting up very lovely <laughs> cool treat for your door. It was a very sleepy morning. Um, I think Alex was on earlys, so I was up with Alex and I just and I went to make a coffee and. I was kind of getting ready for work at the same time. So I had my keys on me. I picked my keys up off the table. I remember doing it now. Pick my keys up off the table and then got the milk out of the fridge and then put the keys in the fridge and shut the door. Started making coffees and then, and, and then about five minutes later, going, where are my keys? Getting annoyed with myself. Like, I had them. Like, why have I not? And then I went into the fridge with something else. I was like, why are they in here? <laughs> And I'm, do you know when you sometimes you're quite tired and you feel quite emotional? And I remember just being there going, "Why did why did I do that? What's wrong?" And I was like, "You okay? Yeah, I'm just hay fever." <laughs> would have been bad if you just would have went keys in the fridge, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, Tom!" Oh, she'd she'd laugh her bloody head off. She'd laugh her bloody head off. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> so the. The cover doesn't count, obviously. But then as the referee is sort of trying to explain what's going on to Ramon and Ted, who's on the apron, Sid comes in and clocks Ramon at the back. Yeah. And this leads to Kid flopping over, getting the three count and raise Ramon. Ramon and Savio Vega are eliminated. Yes. Sloppy business. Yeah. It was, 
from a kayfabe <laughs> point of view, sloppy officiating from Earl mm. Hebner, as always. Um, Standard. <laughs> but it just, yeah, it, it was a weird way for Razor to go out. One, that was Razor taking the pin and not Savio Vega. Yeah. And two, just the clothesline to the back of the head. I wonder whether they just continue to tell the story about like Kid just keeps pinning Razor. Yeah, true. So there might be it might be something to that. And, and it's like Sid's looking like a beast recently as well. Yeah. And when he's in the ring, he gets a reaction. When he was in the ring earlier on with Bart, when Bart tags in, he's like, "Oh shit, it's Sid." Yeah. And the crowd are like, "Oh, look at this lunatic!" So <laughs> Billy go, "Tag me on the same height." <laughs> oh shit, he isn't. He? He's like the most deceptive tall man in history. Is Billy he, yeah, he's massive. Everyone just assumes that he's a he's a tiny boy yeah because really he is mousy because he was in the land of the giants and he was quite agile and now you've got him in AEW with you know some smaller wrestlers and you're like jesus christ billy gunn's huge rene dupree when we had him on desert island graps he said the issue i've got is like if i went to AEW, who do i wrestle because i'm massive <laughs> i was like wardlow i went yeah I suppose. yeah that was, that was his that was his big issue to his story um <laughs> good old Renee. <laughs> so we come back from uh, from timeout, come back from break, whatever they called it, something football-y. Um, Jerry Lawler is drawing on the screen to show the play that we just saw. Uh, I, I like these little bits. I think Jerry Lawler will do, he's done some of this in the past. He'll yes, do some more yeah. in the future. Like With, uh, it, when Pamela Anderson was involved. Yeah, he drew himself trying to neck her. And it was like, fuck off, Jerry. I think he called it the Magistrator. Yes, he did, yeah. He did. I liked it. Uh, whistle sounds, and we're down to three teams after the break. So the crowd are quiet now because Razor's gone. I feel like um, I feel like Razor was the, the, the top guy in this match, and they, they kind yeah. of had the air sucked out of them a little bit because Razor's now been eliminated. Yeah. It feels a bit like that. Um, the guns are pitched as fighting an uphill battle because they're in there against two heel teams. Um, Kid hits a cheap shot on Billy Gunn when the ref was distracted by Jim Cornette on the apron. Uh, and then we see Yoko going for the bonsai drop on Billy. Pulls him into the corner, and Yoko's going up, giving it socks. Owen Hart standing over Billy. Bart Gunn yanks Billy's leg to pull him away. This leads, this causes Owen Hart to stumble and fall flat on his on his tummy. And in a second later, Yoko, who hasn't looked around, just does the bonsai and lands on Owen. Oh, God. Oh, what a, what a circumstance I find myself in. <laughs> oh. oh, bugger, I made a stupid thing. Uh, then Billy Gunn quickly makes the cover on Owen, yeah. and Yoko and Owen are eliminated. I think you're right when you said about dysfunction in the camp cornet. Yes. I think that's what this is in, in retrospect. Yeah. But we'll find out about that as mm. 1996 mm. rumbles on. Uh, so we are down to uh, Sid and the Kid versus the Guns. Uh, Billy gets a kicking from Sid. Oh. Sid hits a phenomenal choke slam. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, my God. It is so good. The height. And you kind of see them prepping for it. Yeah. Where you see Sid go like one, two, three. You see him mouthing one, two, three to Billy. So Billy knows when to jump. But Christ, Billy gets some height. That's one of those. It's the <sighs> suspension of disbelief. Of I still loved it. But it's just, the thing I always liked about Sid choke slams was a bit like he doesn't do Undertaker and Kane and put one hand on the back. It's just one on the throat. You're going up and you're coming down. And it just mm. oh. yeah, because fuck controlling their trajectory. Yeah. They're going down. <laughs> they best land proper. He's... Good luck, fucker. A <laughs> <laughs> master and ruler of fucking world. <laughs> He's everyone's from Wigan. I don't know why. <laughs> He did that same choke slam on Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania 8. And I remember being like, whoa! Because yeah. even Undertaker wasn't doing the choke slam at that point. No, no. Like, choke slams were, they came along quite late in his arsenal. 
Um, but Sid doing it at WrestleMania 8, that one-armed one, with yeah. his arm all the way out here, and uh, bang, it looked great. I do like a good choke slam. I love a good choke slam. Uh, so this one continues on. Vince refers to Jerry Lawler when he's flirting with uh, Miss Rawball. He refers to Jerry Lawler as a triple threat, stumble, fumble, and fall. Um, I bring this up because just days, uh, just days before this episode of Raw, WCW at Starcade held America held you at the Americas one of the first triangle matches in the history of American wrestling. Okay, uh, ECW was there early, uh, but then we had at Starcade we had Sting versus Luger versus Flair in a triangle match. Mm. Uh, so they weren't commonplace at this point, nor was the phrase triple threat. I think obviously it's, now when you think triple threat, you think of a triple threat match. Yeah. But at this point, triple threat matches didn't exist. So it's just funny to hear that term. Yeah, because originally the triple threat was the ECW um, stable. It was, yeah, that was yeah. it. It was a stable in, in ECW and then WWF stole it. <laughs> of course it is. This is what they do. Yep. <clears throat> uh, finished this match comes when the kid goes for a top rope dive onto Billy, uh, who is being held by Sid. However, Razor Ramon returns to throw Kid off the top rope and land onto Billy, which he was going to do anyway. It's a bit like the Hulk or Holly dropkick from last week. Like, yeah. this is what you were going to do anyway. So why is it a problem? Why does it? Yeah. Why does that suddenly hurt you? Uh, this ends up with Billy rolling up Sid as Bart pulls Kid out of the ring. Billy Gunn pins Sid. Yeah. Whoa! He didn't Billy Gunn this one, did he? No, he certainly bloody did not. The Smoking Guns win the Raw Bowl. The Tag Champions win, which I think is a good shout. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I'd like to know your thoughts on it. I liked it. It was. It was a '95, '96 pay per view worthy match. Mm. It should have been the main event of this. Like you said, they went in all full bollocks. Uh, and I had a look at. It. This is the first time we've seen the guns on Raw since like October. Yeah. So they've been on superstars and bits and bobs. So they needed this win to kind of remind everyone, oh, we're the champions. Because when they came in, I was like, oh, fuck, they're the champions, aren't they? So, yeah, I, I was ready to hate this. I was ready to hate we this. We were all ready to hate this. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, what about you? I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely. I really, really fun. Like, you can't you can't have hated the fact they leaned so heavily into it. Yeah. Um, with all the, the accoutrements. I didn't get all the references, but it was a really fun four-way tag. And and it was a hundred percent the right result. I um <clears throat> I will I mean, they're they're all established tag teams in there, granted. The only non-established tag team is Savia Vega and Razor Ramon. Yeah. The others are established teams, but I always um I always say Umbridge when the tag team champions lose to two singles wrestlers. Because I feel like that. I... Hate it. And it doesn't matter whether whether the you know Rock and Austin shouldn't be able to have beaten the New Age Outlaws. No, because Rock and Austin are singles world champions. They are the best singles wrestlers in the world. But the New Age Outlaws are the best tag team in yes. the world. So they are specialists in working together. You shouldn't if you're gonna put two single stars together, they have to climb the ranks until they're ready to beat tag champions. And they're doing that in AEW quite nicely with Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Yeah. Like they're not just gone, right, they're they're a tag team now, they're getting a tag team title match. Yeah. Like they're they're actually having like competitive matches 
to build themselves as a legit tag team. Yeah. Despite the fact that, you know, we're ready for them to to challenge for tag titles yesterday. But they they know the process yeah. and they're gonna build them. And I like that a They're lot. building their chemistry, the build they learn mm. how to work with each other. I love the idea of Moxie and Brian Danielson going on like a year long tear as tag champions I'd, and nobody touching them. But because that. but we but they do the legwork, do the work beforehand and establish them as a strong team. Yes. It's like uh last year I what was it? What year were you? 2022. It was it's last year. It is 2022. It was last year, Rory. Yeah, uh, I did every WWE Tag Team Champion ranked. You did. And the bottom two ones I just grouped together. It was like two singles stars feuding who win the tag titles and just any two singles fellas put together win the tag titles. For what we said is like they, they shouldn't they shouldn't be beating the tag champions. Absolutely. Never. And I like that in the list where it was just like you basically just shove in the the can they coexist brigade yeah. in the the bottom yeah as they should you can get good storylines of can they coexist but like we said you have to build it you can't just say oh they hate each other oh the tag champions oh. Oh. Just, it's it's it for me it's it, it i never gain anything no. from i think they did it for wrestlemania 21 when john cena and Shawn michaels became tag champs before wrestlemania i'm like that nothing is gained yeah nothing is gained so you it, just you've just lost the tag title match for WrestleMania. It'd be more of a story if they teamed together, got a title shot, and didn't win the titles because then they can just start punching each other in the face. <clears throat> yes, that's the story. They don't have to have them win the belts anyway. But uh, one last bit on the Raw Bowl. Please I li- do. I like the fact that they got uh, Lipton Brisk Iced Tea. To, oh uh, yeah! To sponsor the match, <laughs> just the match, just that match. I'm sad that I didn't. I don't have a Lipton fact find for you this week, but I will. I do have a Wrigley's one coming up. So Very nice. Well, all I can say is uh, when I lived in Toronto, I used to drink brisk quite often. Did which, you? Well, I had a friend called Kane, and me and Kane, uh, he... Uh, That's amazing! He, he's from England, but he, they came in over on a visa, and it was one of my ex's mate's boyfriends, and we were just like, keep on our couch before you find a place. And we used to Okay, go, I get... <laughs> I was like, come on, Kane, it's me and you. Um, <laughs> what a great sitcom. So we lived by a... Our first flat was by a petrol station, which had a Tim Hortons in there. Oh, nice. So we'd go over, and just, <laughs> me and Kane would just look at each other and just go, brisk? And we go across the road, get a bottle of brisk and some Timbits and come back and play some Xbox. It was lovely. What a dream. So yeah, Lipton brisk iced tea is nice. 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 Very very sugary. Do they do it in different flavors? I want to say they do, yeah. I think there was lemon was the main one. I think there was a peach one as well. Mm. Because then obviously you had the Arizona iced tea, which was in cans, but brisk was in a bottle. Ah. Where we got it from? Different companies, but there's more of an iced tea scene over there than there is here. more of an iced tea scene over there. I think because Americans don't do tea in the UK sense properly. I'll be honest. Yeah, they don't do, and really. that's that's fine. You do you. You do lots of other things very well. You just don't do tea very well. But iced tea, they do. Oh, like that, an iced yeah, tea. Yeah. They do like a nice tea. So, uh, yeah. We, good sponsorship for WWF nice in 1996. One. And if Lipton Brisk would like to sponsor the Classic Raw review, we will accept this very kind invitation from you. We'll have brisk moments. I'm not too big to sell out. No, neither am I, mate. No. I'm ready for it. Um, <laughs> we learn on commentary that Shawn Michaels is holding a press conference next week. Lawless says his sources tell him he is going to retire from wrestling at this press conference. We'll find out proper next week. There's a, there's a, there's a quiet little story that's going to build with... Jerry Lawler's sources from what I recall. Okay. Because a certain wrestler who's making a return, Jerry Lawler says his sources tell him that he's 400 pounds and bold 
but obviously when he returns, he won't be. But I like the idea. There's a little story, I think, that builds of Jerry Lawler just having these really shit sources <laughs> to, to give him all the wrong intel. Yeah. So that's to look forward to. Uh, we cut to Danny Doc. Oh, sorry. Uh, was it Danny Doc or Daddy Doc? What did we call him? I've read it down at, at the top here. Dandy Doc. <laughs> Dandy Doc. Uh, with uh, our like our, our quick drill, or essentially, what's he call it? A uh, a training drill. So like a two minute, two minutes. Here's what's happening. Like they even put a timer in the corner. Like yeah. don't go anywhere. Uh, this is uh, the the halftime segment sponsored by Wrigley's Winter Fresh Gum. Do you want a fact find on Wrigley's? Oh come on! Right, let's go back to the Aztecs. Right, <laughs> and the Mayans. He would <laughs> great gang of lads, yeah. <laughs> great bunch of lads. Uh, they would traditionally chew chicle, which comes from Mesoamerican trees, and they would do it to stave off hunger and freshen their breath. Okay. So uh, this became a thing in in in, in other quality in other parts of the world as well. When they realised you can go to this one particular tree and get this nice chewy stuff that makes your breath not smell shit, because in the 1800s, Lord knows everybody had shite breath. Yes, all the scurvy and the plague. Um, it was before then, admittedly. Uh, in 1891, William Wrigley Jr. at the tender age of 29 arrived in Chicago from Philadelphia. He had 32 dollars in his pocket, a little bit more than the Rock had. And he had the dream of selling, uh, his, uh, selling a product that he'd had his mind on for a long time, uh, something that he thinks would change the world. That's right, scouring soap. Um, <laughs> Wrigley wanted to sell soap. He said he offered premiums uh, as an incentive to buy his soap, such as baking powder. Later in his career, uh, he switched to the baking powder business. Because he realized, actually, people quite like the baking powder that comes with the soap. I'm going to start marketing the baking powder instead. Fuck the soap. So he starts marketing the baking powder. And the baking powder business starts to die down. And he starts, at, by this point, there were some lower brands of sort of chicle-based chewing gum. And he started putting them in with the baking powder. And he realized, actually, people like this stuff. I'm, fuck the baking powder. He couldn't decide, bless his little face. I'm going to start doing chewing gum. Uh, and uh, he's this switched focus once again. And he became the man behind Wrigley's, which would become the biggest chewing gum company on planet Earth. Yeah. The company was founded properly in April the, f April the 1st, 1891, by William Wrigley Jr. It was traditionally made out of chicle, a source from Latin America. Uh, in response to Decree 500, land reforms attempting to end feudal working uh, conditions for peasant farmers in Guatemala, Wrigley's actually discontinued using chicle in their chewing gum. Um, in the 60s, they changed it up to uh, synth like a, they were using synthetic rubber, which is cheaper to manufacture. Not like rubber is in like with a tire, yeah. but like a cheaper sort of version, like like almost like a, a processed version of chicle that was made in a factory. Okay. Uh, and since then, obviously, the, the, the recipe for chewing gum has changed quite a bit since then. But there's the, the early starts of, uh, of chicle and chewing gum and Wrigley's. Oh, bloody You're hell. very bloody welcome. The only thing I would have assumed was that it would have been in Chicago just because of Wrigley Field. But, uh... yeah, because, and yeah, because he owns the Chicago Cubs. Oh, did he? He bought them in 1921. Oh, well, shit. So he did well then, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> he, did well in, he did well in his lifetime. Wouldn't want to play on Wrigley Field. It'd be really sticky. Oh. <laughs> Better than Orbit Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Air, air, airwaves. Yeah, but that's not as bad as... Hubba Bubba Pavilion. Oh, that was the same one in my head. It was like Hubba Bubba yeah. Pavilion. <laughs> what about 
Uh, one pound chewing gum king. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, Davey. Right, it's a new shop I've opened. So, so, so after 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 you've been to custard king for your pudding, you might think, oh, my breath smells like all, all the other, all the other bits. So I might want mint, mint, minty stuff. So chewing gum king, and then if you don't want actual gum, you can just go mint king. But you know, it's just your choice. <laughs> Give it your choices. That's the David Boy Smith guarantee. <laughs> That's the David Boy Smith seal of approval. Oh, oh, oh. Get to it. <laughs> Get a fucking burger in your gullet, you bastards. <laughs> fucking put my face on it. Um, we'll talk about Bulldog in a second, actually. Um, Doc Hendricks gives us the halftime program. Not a me- not a menial halftime ramble. Two minutes drill meeting. Doc cuts to Jumbo Ross, who is outside Diesel's locker room. He says Diesel promises to kick the king's can. Back to Doc, who says, thanks for the great interview, Jim. Jim said, fuck all. <laughs> Then he reveals uh, the next big match for the wrestle for the WWF will be the Royal Rumble. Diesel versus Undertaker, Ahmed Johnson versus Jeff Jarrett, as well as the 30-man Royal Rumble match itself. I liked Doc Hendricks being in like a fake news studio. Yeah. <laughs> Randomly. Yeah. It, it worked. I mean, it was a very cheap set, but it... Oh, God, yes. <laughs> if they went... You know I've said this before. I like an actual sports presentation to wrestling. So if they would have went down this route, it could have been okay. But it was just like mental Doc Hendricks as usual with his mustache <laughs> screaming down a microphone for two minutes. Mental but dandy dog. Dandy dog. <laughs> Jumbo Jim Ross. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> 
as well as Hakushi versus Jeff Jarrett. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, Biff on the ground again. So, <laughs> Yeah, that was part of the video package to hype Bulldog versus Bret Hart. They came after they replayed the Hogfed match. It was controversial. It was graphic. It was bloody awful. Did you... I watched through the Hogpen match again, just yeah. in case they added anything, and they did. What did they add? Because I skipped through <laughs> We saw the Nacho Man snapping into a Slim Jim and hurting his mouth. Ooh. And says, if you want a little excitement, watch the World Wrestling Federation. Ah. Was that, just, was that the bumper before they went to break? Uh, I think so, yeah. 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 So so he snaps into it and hurts his mouth. He's like, oh, shit, me teeth. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Nacho, Nacho Man. <laughs> Little appearance by the Nacho Man then during the whole Hogland match. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> uh, we come to, I guess, our main event of the evening. Um, it is Big Daddy Cool Diesel versus King Mabel. Mabel being carried to the ring by... Jeffrey Nero Hardy. Jeffrey Nero Hardy. He looked fucking knackered. He looked exhausted. God bless him. He's like, oh, he's big. Jeff, Jeff Hardy, who at this point hasn't got a contract, but is being used a lot. Yeah. Uh, and he was carrying... I can only assume that Matt Hardy was out of shot. Yeah. There was There was one one uh, throne carrier. So four guys carrying the throne with King Mabel on. Big boy King Mabel. One who was out of shot. I can only assume that was Matt Hardy. Mm. They tend to be put on that gig together. So I would have presumed that they were doing that. But funny to see Jeff Hardy, future WWE champion. In oh, God, I such am. a non, it's such a menial role. Uh, Miss Raw Bowl tells Jerry Lawler her New Year's resolution is as queen to find a king. Oh. Oh, so Jerry's like, I'm in here, lads. So here comes Diesel. Uh, music playing, guns blaring. Bell sounds. They start the fight immediately. Is it Diesel jump Mabel or Mabel jump Diesel? Diesel jumps Mabel. Diesel jumps Mabel. Then throws him into the ropes, clatters him with a big boot. One, two, three. Less than 10 seconds. Yeah. Done. That's your match. Fuck yeah. Imagine if the <laughs> SummerSlam main event had been that. Oh, I'd have fucking loved it. It'd been great, wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd been amazing. It's the best match Diesel and Mabel ever had. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Yeah, proper angry Diesel. I noticed as well. This wasn't Diesel. This was definitely Kevin Nash. His hair's brown. He stopped dying it black. Oh. He's grown it out. He's got it going to one side. The beard's been cut down to a goatee. He he looks NWO Nash rather than ah. Diesel. Um, but yeah, I take it this is the end of Mabel's push there. <laughs> I think Mabel might be on the way. But well, since, since he is considered for a major role on the other side in a few months' time, mm. I think we are we are winding down on Mabel. Uh. He's in the Rumble. Yeah, but we are winding down on Mabel at this point. Uh, Mo then gets battered with a jackknife. He's fucking done. Sorry, Mo. God bless you, Mo. Um, imagine if uh, there's some as I may have been this. Sorry, be my own notes there. It would have been amazing, Tom. You're right. Um, then we have Diesel going to ringside, having a little chat with Miss Raw Bowl, and they leave together. As Vince says, he's leaving with the goods. <laughs> Hippity hoppity, women are property. Yeah, and Kevin Nash is doing his air, and he's basically just saying, I'm fucking shagging tonight, lads. Yeah, I'm shagging tonight, lads. I found it interesting with, you know, with the beauty of hindsight. Diesel says, oh, looks like it's going to be a good year. And yeah, not half, 1996 oh, for Kevin Nash. <laughs> shit. I did put that. Diesel says it's going to be a good year. You have no idea, mate. mate. <laughs> you have no idea. We cut back to the locker room where we have the presentation of the Lombardi Trophy. So this is one of those, do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? No, because these you're asking if we know jokes. It's it's like, right, so, okay, so I'll explain the segment. So the uh, Billy Gunn and Bart Gunn are presented with the Lombardi Trophy. My screen's gone. 
Yeah. I thought you pulled pull up the Lombardi Here's trophy. Here's the Lombardi trophy. Um, Billy Gunn and Bart Gunn are presented with the Lombardi trophy. They're presented by the Brooklyn Brawler. And there's a photo of the Brooklyn Brawler on a very generic trophy. Do you get it? Because the Brooklyn Brawler's real name is Steve Lombardi, something that has never been referenced on television by anyone ever. It is like when you go out for a drink and you immediately do an in-joke from the office. Yeah. From from here. Yeah. And and the person next to you is like, oh, okay. Like, do you get it? Because of all this backstory. And then you explain it and the person goes, oh, okay. That's it. And that's not the desired effect, is it? No. Uh, I thought it was a bit mean, though, because, uh, yeah, Steve Lombardi presents the Lombardi trophy to the, the guns as, you know, Marty, Hakushi, Ahmed Johnson, and Savio Vega celebrate. Billy says, ah, oh, shit this, smashes the trophy. And the faces kick fuck out of Brooklyn Brawl. Yeah, he gets lips and, bri- lips and brisk poured all over him as well. Yeah, which is Jackins on a Wednesday. Pretty much. <laughs> I, I Canada. Yeah, me saying about the wedding, I dress like the Brooklyn Brawler when I'm at home. <laughs> T-shirt covered in holes, covered in pizza and brisk after being battered by Billy Gunn. That's a lovely look. Yeah, uh, yeah so Vince Lombardi trophy, Steve Lombardi. Is, did you get it? Please get it. Okay, it doesn't matter. The segment's over now. Okay. Um, so Royal Rumble chatter. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So did you make a note of all the names? I did. Because I would like you to reveal the names that they've announced for the Rumble in the style that you did last week. So if I give you the music. So uh, on commentary, they announced the following names for the Rumble. The 1996 Royal Rumble. Diesel. Owen Hart. The British Bulldog, David Boy Smith. Fucking Dory Funk Jr. Savio Vega. King Mabel. Papa Bigelow is back. Yay. Barry Horowitz. Yokozuna. And the returning Tatanka. Dory Funk Jr. I saw it and I was just like, yes, Dory. And they said it so casually. That's Dory Funk Jr. Dory Funk Jr.'s in. Surely people would have gone, ah, because casual fans wouldn't know who Dory... Obviously, we know because we're arseholes. But casual fans would have what? I mean... Terry the, Funk? When no? was the last time Dory Funk was on WF TV? Was 1987. It, WrestleMania 2. I think it was WrestleMania yeah. 2. Hoss Funk and Billy Jack <laughs> Funk, was it? <laughs> yeah, so that's so that's a good callback. Um, oh, interesting choice. I was, I was just going to say what I've got written there. But, uh, and I, okay, and there was one other name they announced, and it came with a video package to hype them up. Uh, please reveal, Jack, into that other name is. 1996. It's time. It's time. It's Vader. Fucking Vader. (laughs) Fucking love Vader. I've got written here. Fucking Vader is coming. Vader. Fucking Vader, lads. It is Vader. I fucking love Vader. (laughs) I love Vader. Fucking love Vader. We take a look at Vader training in a field and in a gym. He hits a moonsault at one point. Yeah, he does. Lovely boy. And then starts punching boxing bags. He looks like a beast. Because he is a beast. Because he is a fucking beast. The man who once got his eye punched out of his head during a match popped it back in with the storm and continued. I love Vader. He's one of my favorite big men. He's my favorite big man of all time, in fact. Uh, I have a few notes on the Vader deal. 
Ooh, well, I don't I've, know what you have. I've got, because we looked at different observers. We did look at different observers. A little, a little bit of sausage for you. So I had the week before where there was names that were floated. So this Ooh, was go for it. This was before this episode of Raw aired. So... Ravy Dave said, in an effort to combat falling buy rates, the WWF has sent out for many surprising names in the Royal Rumble. Excuse me, I just belched. Uh, <laughs> that's not Vita Vader! Belch, 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 belch! Among those known to have been contacted for the Royal Rumble are Dan the Beast Severin. Oh, Christ! Jake the Snake Roberts, <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior, Big Fan Vader, and Rick Martel. Wow! So I, I had a look, and obviously we... We know that at some point, Dan Severin will come into the WWF. Jake Roberts will come back in 96. Ultimate Warrior will come back in 96. We've now got confirmation Vader's coming. Rick Martel didn't. He went to WCW 97, 98. That's correct. Um, so as Dave's got here, he's mainly talking about the Ultimate Warrior. He's saying it, the situation with Warrior is surprising because he's been mentioned on Superstars, which we mentioned last week or the week before. Mm -hmm. But they've not mentioned him on Raw. They've not mentioned him on In Your House and... Uh, during the AOL chat, Vince McMahon said, in order for the Ultimate Warrior to return to the... W I'm not going to do the voice. In order for the <laughs> Ultimate Warrior to return to WWF, the moon, the stars, the sun, and the planet Pluto would all have to be perfectly aligned <laughs> in some sort of celestial magnificence. <laughs> but who knows? Anything can happen in the WWF. Um, and it's, as Dave's put here, it's like, oh, it's, it's surprising names these started coming out after the tapings were completed, which means WWF went into the Rumble's television build-up with no distinct plans on where they were going with the show, which is decidedly on Titan like Maybe in 1995 slash 6, but not in 2022. Mm. Um, and in terms of the, the names he's saying, he's like, you know, Jake Roberts would, aside from War Warrior, be the biggest name of the group. He's 40 at this point. Uh, he retired from wrestling in 1995 to go into religion and vowed he'd never return. We don't know officially at press time if he's agreed to return or not. And his his last appearance was Mania 8 when he lost to the Taker in 1992. And then Dave's going on about the Ultimate Warrior saying, it's a bit of a gamble because, you know, wrestling's a lot different. And we've seen WCW that people think Hogan's a twat. So what are they going to think about Warrior and... You know, he turned down 500 grand guaranteed a year with WCW. So they're saying, Jim Helwig may be looking at this and thinking, do you know what? If I do one last run, mm. you know, it could be good for me. But, you know, he's Jim Helwig. He's a volatile man. And again, he, he last wrestled in late 1992. The Ultimate Maniacs defeated Money Inc. by Countout on Saturday night's main event, October 27th. And Warrior's last match was he beat Kamala at a house show in November Uh <laughs> on November 8th. I was going to say in November 2008, but that doesn't make sense. He's saying about Vader, with the WF short on heels, you know, Vader's a proven pay-per-view draw. He's a fucking beast. He's saying they could fit like a glove. However, Vader is used to big money. He has the avenue of getting big money in Japan, not fucking half. <laughs> and he's coming off a serious injury and hasn't wrestled a grueling schedule in years. And then he says some bits about Severin could be weird as well because of his UFC stuff because UFC's really taken off in 95 Yeah, yeah, it really is. He's just won the ultimate, ultimate, I think. I think he battered like fucking Tank Abbott and some stuff and he's had a series with Ken Shamrock and I love a bit of Dan Severin. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I wear sweaty gray t-shirts. I wear sweaty gray bottom. <laughs> Mustache, tiny undies. He could literally kill anyone in WWF history. <laughs> Even Brock Lesnar, I'd say that. Lesnar in his prime versus Dan oh! in his prime. The pure wrestler Dan Severin. 
Seven choke him out. Yeah. <laughs> Seven leave him dead. Yeah. It's, it's the thing with Brock is if if Brock got that dig in, I think he'd take him. But in terms of just Severin's, oh. I'm sure there was conversations throughout the years about doing more stuff with Dan Severin. Like they liked that like, the legit tough guy. Just the the issue they had with bringing in Dan Severin, and then this is with nothing but the utmost respect to genuinely one of the most dangerous men on the planet. <laughs> Bit of a charisma black hole. Yeah, and that's kind of important in the sports entertainment game. Like, it, like, you know, Brock isn't as great a wrestler as Dan Severin, I don't think, in his heyday. In, heydays. in terms of amateur wrestling. Amateur yeah. wrestling in heydays. But in terms of character, presence, yeah. Lesnar wins every time. But it's, it's one of those where you think, you look at the presentation now of, you know, Brock, and it, when Severin comes in, he's with Jim Cornette, coming to the ring holding the UFC super fight title, the NWA world yeah. title. If they just would have went, do you know what? He doesn't need to speak. Here's just a fellow with a great mustache who can kill people. <laughs> but uh, oh, my, one of my oh, it's my dad. One, one, <laughs> yeah, basically, one of my favorite Dan Severn stories is apparently his his daughter went to was in either high school or college and went to try out for the wrestling team. And they're like, no girls allowed, but we'll give you a go. Severin, is it? Mm, that name sounds familiar. And she fucking ate everyone. Ah, she's, yes. she's like, do you know who my dad is? I was like, oh, fuck, your dad's Big Dan. And she's like, yeah. And like, you're on the team, get in there. <laughs> get in your bastard. So uh, going back to Vader, I just went off on a Dan Severin tangent there. I've, uh, I, you know, left my body and floated above the room. <laughs> what news do you have on Big Van Vader? Okay, so uh, the Vader D, now, at this time, as Raw is airing, neither side have signed a contract yet. Oh, okay. Vader has not signed a contract yet. Uh, they've agreed for him appearing at the Rumble, mm -hmm. and they've shot this vignette. That's as far as they've got. He will continue to work major Japan shows for the time being, as if, you know, provide, depending on how everything goes. Vader has already left for Japan for the Tokyo Dome show and is booked against Inoki on the 3rd of March in LA, the same city as WrestleMania, in a show that is... Uh, promoted by WCW. Ah. So this, but this, uh, we'll talk more about uh, the, more the ins and outs of it next week, is the fact that um, Vince was, was very desperate across the weekend to have a big name to announce for the Rumble yeah. on, on the first Raw of the year. So hence why, like, all these names, like Roberts, like Severin, like the Warrior were all considered. And then when sort of Vader came into his... His, his eyeline and it was just like actually yeah that'd work so yeah. like so Vince really was working to get a few people in and Vader's the one they've gone for they wanted a big name to announce and then boy they did but like you were saying we've said every week for like the past two months about it it feels like a change out of the mm. new generation they still pump the new generation tagline during this episode but like I said Austin's coming in mm. you know Foley will be in at some point you've got fucking Vader coming in and it's it, there's a tonal change you've got Diesel being Kevin Nash you've got Goldust trying to shag Razor Ramon. You've got everything going on, and it's yeah. The one thing yeah. that there is a, the, the slight concern on the horizon with the Vader thing, and this is like again, I think this is sort of like the because they're in this war, and you know, as, as Dave said in that in that prediction preamble at the start, like he's got to work fast and work smart. Yeah. So like Vince has got uh, Vader signed up for this deal. They're they're showing a video package about it on January the first. He's got surgery January the ninth. Ah. He's got shoulder surgery. Okay. Now, he, now all being all as planned, he should be back in time for the rumble because it's not a deep surgery. But there's a still like, it's a, it's a risk. Yeah. It's a risk. You're so keen to get him on, 
And uh, there's, there's a couple of roadblocks in the way, potentially. Uh, as we all see, just the risk of bring, bringing Vader in and his reputation precedes him. Ah, yes. Yeah, if you've never seen any of Vader's work from Japan, watch it. It's fucking Ooh, great. Oh, he's an angry man. But you'll understand why some, you know, more of the prima donna side of the locker room won't take too kindly to Big Van Vader turning up. The Vader announcement is not our main event of Monday Night Raw. It is not. Uh, that spot is reserved for a special skit called Billionaire Ted's Wrestling War Room. We cut to a pre-recorded Bitter Bollocks, which features uh, a long war room-esque table with billionaire Ted in speech marks sat at the top. You have uh, Scheme Gene, you have the Nacho Man, you have the Huckster, and you have a number of uh, of subordinates in the, in there as well. One of which is quite famous. It's a WWF magazine margin as a Vic Venom. It is indeed. It's this, fucking Vince Russo, lads. It's an on-screen, and, and this was something I completely forgot about yeah. until I watched them back. I went, shit, Vince Russo was in these. Yeah. like, And he'd end up going over to see Billionaire Ted. Um, yeah. uh, this is, in this video, we see Billionaire Ted saying, look, we need to spice up the wrestling uh, so here's some footage of some moves. Can you do any of them? And and obviously all the moves are from the brilliant WWF stars, like the Razor's Edge, the Jackknife, something off the top rope, and Huckster and Nacho Man are just shooting them all down. Going, oh no, I can't do that. My feet don't leave the ground anymore, brother. So Ted asks them, well, look, you go, you're not going to do any of those moves. What can you do? To which they both start hot dogging and grandstanding and. Posing, Savage is twisting his finger. Hogan or the Huckster is doing like the the shirt rip and the ball. And then Huckster has like a heart attack. I feel like just as the thing's ending, <laughs> you see Hog, you see Huckster clutch his chest and fall backwards, <laughs> which is literally just as it's disappearing. And the voiceover is going, "You can't teach old dogs new tricks." The new WWF generation on top of the hill, not over it. <laughs> it's uh, da 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 da. It was the thing I thought was funny is like you say, and Vince Russo's there, he'll end up going to WCW. Mm-hmm. The clips they show, they show the Razor's Edge. Scott Hall will end up going to WCW. Mm-hmm. They show the uh, the Pearl River Plunge. Ahmed Johnson will go to WCW. Big T. It'll be shit, but Big it'll be there. Uh, they show Diesel. He'll go to WCW. They show Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels wanted to go to WCW. <laughs> it's just like, oh, mates are there. They're having fun. They're rich. It's, just, it's called the, the core. <laughs> <laughs> but, Dad, they're all having a good time. <laughs> all Brett's mates are here now on a mountain. But... Yeah, they're all shit. Oh. Getting FOMO. Being my friends. Uh, what were your thoughts on the first oh. billionaire? That's good. There, it's 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 Vince and Co kicking back in a very Vince and Co way. Yeah, like it's I I I res- this whole show is the whole ethos of this show is just going in. Just, yeah, just getting it. You know, the raw bowl, just going all in on it. And this is them going right. They're taking the piss out of us. We're gonna fucking take the piss out of them. Yeah. So yeah, look how old your bloody buggers are. You know. I mean. I, I, I think these skits are shit, but they become infamous and suddenly worked because it got people mm. talking. It made the war more fierce. And like you were saying, like throughout the show, they were focusing up on signs saying, oh, do we see the rubbish and poo <laughs> and all that kind of stuff? But it's just, it's the cheesiness of it. Oh, the nacho man. It's like, nachos are great. <laughs> Who cares? I'm excited for the, the payoff to these. Do oh, you remember, God, do you remember yeah. what the payoff is? No, I can't. And I watched one of our war um, stories 
recently which goes over these. And it's just suddenly escaped my head. So that's good because it means it'll be brand new to It'll me be a nice it. surprise yeah. when we get to it. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, and I, I, I did think it was weird that they're still pushing the new generation tagline because it feels like the air is all but over. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the, the absolute goal, the absolute fucking temerity, the lion, the witch, the audacity of this bitch that is Vince McMahon <laughs> to go, the new generation... On top of the hill, not over it. Oh, by the way, Dory Funk Jr.'s in the fucking rumble. <laughs> uh, fucking hell. They I, they must be self-aware. Because I'm about the amount of times in like the, the in 95 or 94 where they go, the new WWF generation is Nikolai Volkov. Like, <laughs> you must know. You must know. <laughs> Carlos Colon, a lot of fire in this youngster. In this youngster. <laughs> yeah. Thoughts on Raw this week? I've put it was a shit episode, but it's New Year's, so I'll let them off. But thinking <laughs> about it, the first half of it, I really enjoyed the Raw Bowl, but the second half of it was just, apart from Vader just being huge. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, because it's, it's both historically insignificant and historically significant at the same time. Yeah. I bet going into it, they're thinking, the Raw Bowl is going to get everyone talking. This will become a yearly thing. Ah, oh, we'll just take the piss out of Ted Turner. When... I don't think there was another Raw Bowl again from what you told me. No, this is the first and the last Raw Bowl. There's a little short documentary on WWE's YouTube channel about the Raw Bowl. And yeah. they even at the end go, it, you know, it was the first and the last, thankfully. Of mm. this sort of... And I I enjoyed Raw this week. Because it's your... I enjoyed it. It's like what we say. Wrestling's nothing without bollocks. And this was the it's best of bollocks. It's inherently bollocks, wrestling yeah. is. And I'm always happy when wrestling is a bit bollocks. Oh, this is very bollocks, but... Yes. Yeah. Looking back on it, it was a bit harsh, but yeah. we had we had a fun four way tag. We did with with a lot of like nonsense around it. We had a ten second squad. We had the best <laughs> Diesel Mabel match they've ever had. We had a Vader vignette, yeah, and uh, and and that so that was enough good. Then the rest of it was just like a replay of an in your house match. And uh, the billionaire Ted stuff, which I think is still funny. It's I, fine. I would rather have a 45-minute half-assed draw than a three-hour half-assed draw any day. Yes! Exact mund, yeah. mom, brav. We are back next week. Uh, next week, as I said earlier on, um, talk about significant. Ooh. Next week on Raw, as well as... Because uh, next week, they are plugging. We're going to replay Bret Hart versus the Bulldog from In Your House. Hakushi's going to shut up Jeff Jarrett. Oh, and by the way, the ringmaster debuts, but no yeah. one's bothered about that. Yeah. He's, Big, just, he's just some bored lad. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest star in the history of the promotion, Nay Wrestling, who you probably saw last night, um, makes his debut next yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so low-key. It's so low-key. I love it. Oh, I can't. Oh, I just. I don't want to wish my life away, but I can't wait for the build up. And like, I can't wait for King of the Ring onwards, basically. <laughs> Even though we're January 1st, 96, I can't wait till we're in like June. <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be a lovely time. And until we are back together for another lovely time, he is at, he is at Brat underscore Atkins on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> we are at Coldaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Cheekle. Tell us some more Cheekle. Is it cheekle time? <laughs> it's cheekle time. <laughs> Love you, bye! ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Mm -hmm. 